You're listening to The Drive with Jack Everly. Sorry if you're offended by that. SpotlightMediaStudios.com Moneyball. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back to The Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. We are their sports radio, and we are live at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Amateur Sports Mecca, getting ready for Champions Classic number 12, Michigan State against Kentucky, fourth-ranked team in the nation, in the 7 o'clock tip with Dick Vitale on the call. Good to see Dick again. And in the nightcap, it will be Duke and Kansas. No Bill Self, no Mike Krzyzewski. They're going to play the game anyway. I am here with Deshaun Tate, our Lansing Brett Atlanta-based hoops savant. That's Tate's Take Hoops, where basketball lives. And... Uh, Sean, we were just going to introduce mm-hmm. uh, my, the world's tallest Uber driver on the way down. Okay. We're talking about Thomas Cook from WSYN, Fox 47, and, and college basketball player at Kalamazoo College, where my son went. Uh, got to be a pretty smart guy to get into Kalamazoo College. And then he went on from there to Syracuse, mm. that elite broadcasting school. At the Newhouse, Newhouse School. And, uh, Thomas, uh, your first time for a Champions Classic? Yes, first time uh, First time getting to see it in person. And what do you expect? What are you excited about? Uh, just to get to see four good programs go at it. Uh, you know, it, it's early in the season. These teams are obviously going to be a lot different come March. But to see where they are in the early stages with great coaches, great teams, and see how much how much progress they've made so far through the first you know month and a half of practices and now maybe a week of games. Is, uh, will be will be exciting to see, uh, you know, where they're at now. Four great programs. You are not talking about Albion, Olivet, Hope, and Kalamazoo, right? You're talking about a little different level. A little different level. Oh, a little, uh, little better athlete, better player, uh, but same, uh, maybe the same mindset of player, but uh, just a different athletic ability. I asked you on the trip down I-69 about maybe the biggest uh, environment most electric setting you had played in. Can you imagine what it would be like, especially for a freshman like Jackson Kohler, to go out there and have to guard Oscar Shibway, National Player of the Year, with uh, the setting that he's going to find himself in tonight? I think after the Carrier Classic out in uh, San Diego, I don't think there's a bigger environment than that. So I think all these guys are used to it. They've played in big high school games. There's cameras everywhere now. So I think maybe in warm-ups or when you walk out, you may be a little starstruck. But once the game starts, I mean, the music's playing now. It's a normal – they've done this 100 times. I, I think the competition level is going to be different than what they're used to. But as far as their preparation and, and what they have to expect, it'll be the same thing they've seen 100 times. Deshaun, what about you? Uh, aside from Gus Macker championship game, yeah. uh, what's the most electric environment you play basketball in? Uh, probably Red Hacker. Uh, basketball games, actually. So that's about Red, the Red Hacker. Yeah, Red Hacker. Never heard of Jay? No, no. Very similar to Gus Macker. You ever heard of Red Hacker? Really? Oh. Yeah, they used to have a three or three basketball tournament once. It got to a point where the Gus Macker wasn't coming to Lansing okay. every year anymore. They right. kind of replaced it somewhat. I got you. But at one point, they kind of had both of them going uh, simultaneously at the same time. That about be about as big as it is for me. You didn't expect me to come out here. Actually, you know what? There was a really, really interesting game that I was a part of. It was also a three-on-three basketball tournament. So every year, the Atlanta Hawks, 
have something for everyone that sponsors all the radio stations, TVs, and so forth. And they bring everybody out, and they host the three-on-three. But it is to be essentially like a Hawks player for a day. So you park where the Hawks players do. You come in. They got locker room. You do, you know, using the same locker rooms, all that kind of stuff, give you a jersey, and you're playing on the game floor. That's about as close as it's got to me, Jack. So I'm kind of living vicariously through, uh, through, uh, through, through you guys at this point. When you take a look at Thomas Cook, uh, you're what, 6'11"? 6'7". 6'7". I thought it was Adam Ballinger there. For yeah, I got that look to him a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Six seven. What kind of player do you think Thomas was? Uh, it looks like he got some athletic ability to him too. I, I mean, that's not that guy doesn't look like just you know a, 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 just a stiff a guy that got you know shoot nail to the floor or huh? gum on the bottom of his shoe. He looked like he can get up there a little bit. I don't know if he's a shooter. I'm almost ready to see if we can go take it down on the game yeah, or yeah, I can yeah. kind of show him what I got. Viral ball. See if we can go down there. Yeah. I don't know if my lungs are going to hold up, but we will uh, see. First one up to two wins a game, maybe we'll do that. All right, well, I'll, I'll start with two. <laughs> Thomas, uh, were you an above-the-rim player? Were you a, a crafty guy? Were you a bruiser? Uh, were you a flopper? What were you? <laughs> uh, I came into college as probably more of a spot-up guy. Uh, grew into my body a little bit. Became a little more athletic. Did a little more with the ball. Um I would say by the end, yeah. I mean, I threw down a few dunks here and there, um, but was always always had a touch from outside. Uh, but became more of a, you know, as time as I like to say, when you get a little older and you become get a little more confidence from your coaches, you get to do a little bit more. And that's kind of how my game evolved throughout college. Well, I want to congratulate you for making this trip, and and not that we had to talk you into it, but also our management at Fox Forty Seven, because not everyone is at every event. We talk about We Are There Sports Radio and Fox 47 between your nightly sportscasts and Press Pass on Sunday nights. We have two representatives here, and there are some other television stations in the area we won't see. Oh, it's good to be here. Um, you know, it's, it's a big event. It's not too far of a drive. Um, it, it's an important one. And I think, you know, obviously the Carrier Classic's a big one, but this is something that's been going on for now a decade. And you, you really get to see what Michigan State is about early in the season with a big test from, from another big-time program. Sean, uh, you wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I got over to the station today. It was close to 1130. Okay. And we got in the Fox 47 limo. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was smooth sailing sure. from then on. Thomas is having long conversations with Syracuse buddies. Okay. Uh, I'm talking to Izzo. Things going on on the way down. It was a very good trip. That wasn't uh, one of Syracuse buddies, Jim Beheim, was it? Uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Jim doesn't know that there's basketball outside the state of New York. Yeah, I was going to say, he might need to pick his brain. He had some really choice words about the big thing over the course of the last few weeks. And I'm yeah. uh, curious to know what that was all about. But, no, listen, like he said, Champions Classic, it doesn't get any better than this. Again, I'll reiterate it again. Final four, you don't know what teams you're going to get. Right. You know, you're, you're not sure you can get a Loyola respectfully or uh, St. Peter. Who knows? This one, you know what you're getting in terms of program. Now, we're going to see some coaches. We're not sure how things are going to look different because, you know, Coach K is not on the floor anymore and neither will Bill Self be, at least, you know, uh, for a temporary standpoint. But, you know, Tom Izzo is the longest tenure coach, and I think that Michigan State fans feel a lot better about this game after Friday than they did before Friday. And whether or not Oscar Sheway plays, whatever, what have you, the talent for Kentucky is going to be there. But some some inexperience, maybe not as much as usually is, 
But some inexperience is going to be there too. Michigan State's got a pretty experienced club, and I'm excited to see even more than anything, like everybody else, Matty Sissoko. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been talking about lately. He was I, terrific on the carrier. He was he was great on the carrier. That matchup, I mean, he's going to have his hands for it. Had a foul rule. Michigan State would have won. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, oh, we talk about the four teams that are invited here, and yeah, kind of the, the top echelon of college basketball what would be the fifth team what would be the team that really would have a strong case to be part of this force yeah i think you gotta add north carolina to that one i think that you start talking about champions championships yeah. i know you kind of done a really good job over yeah. you know the last 20 years or whatever what have you winning that's one four titles they've won they four have. times as many as two they have but since that last one i haven't heard a whole lot from uconn since then and i feel like north carolina has probably won about one or two titles maybe since then maybe um, but, no, I think that team is, is, is definitely uh, North Carolina. Now, the question is, outside of North Carolina, who would that team be? I don't know. I was, leading up to this year, I might think of Villanova, maybe? Yeah, maybe Villanova. Maybe Villanova. Was three championships. Yeah, Connecticut that has four. Yeah. I, I, and that's yeah. last uh, 24-odd years. Now, some people, Thomas, would say, well, what about Syracuse? They've got a coach who's there since Dr. Naismith hanging the peach basket. <laughs> and uh, I don't think there's any truth to that rumor. But, you know, I have a box score that you probably would find very interesting. And it was uh, Irvin Johnson's freshman year at Michigan State playing in Manly Fieldhouse <laughs> in Syracuse. And uh, the Orange won by a point. A game that Judd Heathcote thought uh, uh, he was robbed of. Of course, he thought that was just about every loss. But uh, on the official scorecard, the sheet for that game, there's a technical foul. And you'll never guess who the technical foul was. <laughs> I have no idea, Jack. It was on Syracuse assistant coach, Rick Patino. <laughs> yeah, I remember we had that conversation. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know that at all. Deshaun, there's a lot of talk about expansion, yeah. conference realignment, Big Ten now at 16, the talk that you know, they're going to go to 18, 20, stay where they are, what is it? Uh, do you know why Syracuse has not applied to join the Big Ten? I don't, but my bigger question is why haven't Gonzaga left the, 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 yeah. the West Coast Conference already? If you don't join the Pac-12, then at least yeah. go Mountain West. Pac-12 but... says you got to play football. Okay, well, at least go Mountain West or yeah. something, one way or another. But no, no they got know. a pretty good deal. They can just keep cruising on into Final Four with the path they got. The reason that Syracuse did not want to be in uh, the Big Ten is Jim Beheim said, can we play the Big Ten tournament in Syracuse every year? Huh. And uh, when he was told that wasn't possible, he said, well, we're not going to do that then. We'll just go to Madison Square Garden. Is that a real thing, Jay? Because I'm not. That again, you're not serious. Right? Well, here, well, here's the thing. That sounds like a Jim Beheim statement, for sure, if not anything else. So, no, that's not happening. But, um, you know, Syracuse is a uh, – Syracuse hasn't had the success that they had, you know, um, as much recently. They haven't really had nearly as much success. They've really been on the bubble many of the last handful of years or so, maybe even a little bit more than that. I mean, granted, yes, 2016 went to a Final Four, but – one national championship in about 50 years for Jim Beheim. That, that's quite the uh, that's quite the road to, to to try to you know derail what the what the Big Ten has done or lack thereof in the 
in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. I don't think all of this is just about what you've done uh, in the NCAA tournament only. I mean, they've had some really good teams in the Big Ten too. Yeah. Can you tell that that struck a nerve with me a little a bit? A little like, bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm kind of. You're almost starting He's to. Ready look, to go. You're ready to throw down. Well, you're right almost now. starting to look like Jim Beheim to me. So if you get a fistful. Well, I want to ask Thomas this because you had one year at Syracuse, right? Can you describe the Syracuse basketball environment and the Orange experience? Uh, The Dome is a a great experience. Uh, Basketball games, I mean, it's the biggest basketball crowd in the country because they can fill a a football stadium, a smaller football stadium, about three-quarters of the way full. Uh, As for the basketball team last year, uh, people were ready to drive Jim Beheim out of town because that was the first time he's had a losing season in his career, and the Orange did not make the NCAA tournament. And we're not really close to making the NCAA tournament with a very um, senior-led team, his two sons, Buddy and Jimmy, kind of the vocal points, and then a local product in, in point guard, Joe Girard, who was up and down all season long. Now, the Orange have um, completely kind of retooled. They got six freshmen, a couple higher-ranked ones. So we'll see what they, how, they, how they fare this year. Who will coach longer, Sean? Jim Beheim or Tom Izzo? Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim. At this point, I really thought that last year was going to be it. Not only, you know, because, you know, I, I don't know. It feels like whatever Coach K does, he signs on for it to go run the same way with him. But because his two sons were, that, that was their last year. But the they're gone now. I figure. Well, well yeah. At, so at this point, I'm going to go with Jim Beheim. And not only that, but I think that Tom Izzo is going to get a second national championship before Whoa. Jim Beheim. And that's when Izzo will hang it up. Wow. And Jim Bam is still going to be going for his. I think he's going to try and. Uh, waiting for Thomas. Well, Joe, you know, coach it all the way up until there's no more to coach. You know, Joe Paterno right, type right, of right. deal. Well, Michigan State does have a terrific recruiting class, as does Kentucky. Yeah. Coming in, uh, this Michigan State class ranked third. Kentucky, of course, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandwich in Duke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think it would be like, Thomas, to cover a national championship team. Oh, I mean, it'd be incredible. Um, it'd be awesome. It'd be a lot of fun, the ride of the first weekend and then another, you know, crazy weekend, and then you get the Final Four a little bit stretched out. So, I mean, it'd be a blast. It would be, a, be an honor. It'd be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, to go around to two or three different cities in the span of a month would be pretty cool. And also get this, you know, get to kind of – I mean, you'd be around the team so much. You get to kind of know the players on a little more of a personal level, you know, seeing them in and out of practice so much because, uh, the, you know, the practices would be open to the media and stuff like that. So I think it would be a really fun experience. Tom Izzo with the longest active streak of NCAA tournament appearances, 24, would have been 25 if they had played the tournament in the COVID year and counted. And when you think about something like that, Deshaun, it's easy to forget how many schools don't have this every spring. Right. March Madness for them is a conference tournament. Correct. And how many of them, if they ever got to a Sweet 16, they'd have a parade. Yes. Spartan, the Spartan faithful, and I say this as respectfully as possible, they're spoiled. And, and, and it, that's e- that easily can happen. When you look at, you know, what this program has done under Tom Izzo and you know, it's just like sometimes I, I feel my own way about it because when Michigan State goes to another Final Four, 
it's 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 almost like it's expected to happen. Um, and I think that that not really being a student of the game or a student of a of a real fan, in my personal um, opinion, because you see how much hard work that is put into making those phenomenal runs um, at the end of the year. But even more so, one of the most outstanding things about Michigan State is about how they do it. They're, they're, they're obviously very guard-led. They're not coming out there with the best recruiting class in the country. Now, obviously, next year is going to be a really good one, but that isn't guaranteeing anything. Mm-hmm. But it's when, the, it's when the, the, the deck is stacked against you type yeah. of thing is when Michigan State always finds a way and, 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 and playing that bruiser style of basketball and being really physical, obviously, and just as soon as you count out Tom Izzo, that, that, that's, that's the time that, you know, he comes to, to, to shine. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him on those sidelines for however, for however long I possibly can. You know, when you talk about spoiled fan bases, Thomas, uh, I think a little bit about Ohio State football. And a year ago, most people would forget that Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State all finished with two losses. For Michigan, that was considered to be phenomenal. They finally got the Big Ten championship they'd been looking for for 17 years. They got into the college football playoff for the first time, first time they'd been in a Big Ten championship game. Uh, And for Michigan State, no one saw 11 wins coming. Kenneth Walker with all of those awards. But Ohio State had two losses, too, and it was considered a disaster in Columbus. The fans there are like, you can't, can't believe that they lost two football games. <laughs> so I guess it's all a matter of expectations. Gentlemen, before we wrap up here, and uh, lots of things are starting to happen at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, I need some predictions for both games. Thomas, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you have for Michigan State, Kentucky, and then Kansas and the Duke Blue Devils? Uh, 71-68, Kentucky. So it'll be a close okay. one. Michigan State covers, uh, but does not win. Another okay. another heartbreaking loss. Heartbreaking is relative this early in the season. But right. another tough loss for the Spartans. Uh, I think Duke takes care of Kansas handily by double digits. Duke by double digits over Kansas. What do you think, Deshaun? I'm going to go Kentucky by four. I don't necessarily have a score, but I'm going to go Kentucky by four on this one. Um, and then I'm I'm also going to go I'm going to go with Duke. I'm going to go with Duke. Uh, I'm going to go with Duke by about. Mm, let's go. Let's go. Let's go six. I'll go with Duke by six over Kansas on tonight. The, the defending national champs not having uh, uh, your head coach, I think, is, is probably going to be a thorn in their side. Well, fair enough. Uh, I am going to say Kentucky 77, Michigan State 71. And uh, I'm going to take Duke 75 to 69. So, uh, Talk about a couple of six-point wins Yeah, for yeah. those teams. Doug, I uh, appreciate all your patience, all your work back in the studio, and want to thank everyone who has been a part of this remote broadcast. Uh, we are there at Sports Radio, and uh, we've had people barging by us with carts and tripping over our cords and everything else you can imagine here at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. But I want to thank Mike DeCourcy, course 
uh, from the Sporting News and PTN. Brian Black, uh, albeit briefly, from the Louisville Courier-Journal. Denzel Valentine, star of three, uh, wins here in the Champions Classic. Thomas Cook from Fox 47 and Deshaun Tate. We'll be back in studio tomorrow, everyone. Have a great night. Enjoy the hoops.